Imagine being present, calm, and connected while creating a family environment where everyone can thrive. Welcome to the I Am Mom Parenting Podcast, providing inspiration and actionable steps to manifest the meaningful and magical life you desire for you and your family. We are your hosts, Dimple Aurora, founder of Mindful Evolution and Shaista Fateli, founder of Thrive Kids. Thank you for sharing the I Am Mom journey with us. Let's get started. Hi there, welcome back to the I Am Mom Parenting Podcast. Today our topic is so interesting. People talk about a lot about what it's like to get divorced, but these conversations don't often extend to what life after divorce is like. Your life as you knew it is is gone. And even when you try to do your best, your children will feel the effects of divorce and certain friends and family have disappeared and your household even looks different. So today our guest, Leah, has built a blended family with her husband, Rob, and she's going to walk us through all the challenges that she faced and talk to us about how her now adult kids have thrived. We're so excited to have you, Leah. Little bit about Leah. So Leah is a certified life coach, and she's also the founder of Leah Davidson Life Coaching. And what she does is she really helps women optimize their stress, reduce burnout, and increase confidence. While she's doing that, she's also helping women build resilience so they can create a more joyful and purposeful life. Speaking of resilience, she is also the host of a really great podcast called Building Resilience. And as Dimple mentioned, Leah lives in Toronto with her husband, Rob, and they have a blended family of five kids. We're so excited to hear your story. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I know that is, it's uh, such a great story that you have. Why don't we start off with that? Tell us a little bit about your story. So I guess my story would start off with my divorce <laughs> because I got divorced. Uh, I had two little boys, um, four and two and a half. So they were really young mm-hmm. and it was a huge transition for me as well as for um, my little boys. And um, I was a single mom for several years I wanted to, I knew I wanted to go on and find love again and all those things, although it's kind of scary. And it's also really intimidating when you do have children because it's not just you, you have to think about anymore. It's also your kids. So I eventually went on and found uh, my husband, Rob, and he had three children. He had uh, two boys and one girl. And uh, together we made the uh, Brady Bunch package of five kids. (laughs) So we got a lot of comments. We would always, um, people would always make comments to us and they would say things like five kids. Wow. Are they all yours? (laughs) And if I would say, oh, we're a blended family, they almost always said like, oh, okay. And I wanted to say to them, because that makes it easier. Yeah. (laughs) Family, Mm -hmm. because obviously being a blended family, there's some unique challenges that you, Mm -hmm. that you face and that we have dealt with over, over the years. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, when you say Brady Bunch, I feel like that's our first um, real, not, not even real, like just our first yeah. introduction of a blended family. Yeah. Like, Except <laughs> the Brady Bunch, first yeah. of all, they had Alice, which yeah. not everybody has an Alice yeah. doing that. Yeah. And second of all, what was interesting is for both of them, their spouses were out of the picture. So both, I think both of them, their spouses had passed away. Mm -hmm. And, um, so it's, it's different in that for my husband and I, at least we both were divorced. So there were still mm -hmm. other parents in the picture. Um, mm -hmm. And that is a very unique twist because it's like you have your family, but there's invisible people hanging in, in the shadows that are always there, always influencing, whether you like it or not, you have to consider it and sometimes they're giving their opinions, sometimes you don't want to hear their opinions. So it's a different dynamic. So I used to look and think like, I don't know, would it be easier if I would, I know it would have been easier with Alice for sure. Yes. <laughs> because you want to start this new life, yeah. but you have this uh, pieces of your old life that are not going away. I was going to say that's the interesting thing about divorce when you have kids. Mm -hmm. um, the realization that yeah, you might not have gotten along when you were married, but you're not going to get away from this person. Mm -hmm. And I think that's that's almost like a rude awakening. Like it was hard being married, going through challenging times. Mm -hmm. But then you realize like it's not like you can just wash your hands and walk away. You still have to navigate some really stormy waters with mm -hmm. this person. And sometimes it's, you know, a lot of times, you know, it's it's hard. That was probably one of our, our hardest challenges has been um, how do we deal with um, the other kids' parents and, and how, do we, how do we respect them and how do we create our own family unit while still considering that each, you know, my kids had their dad to consider and my stepkids had their mom to consider as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And for, for when, like when, you're going through the divorce. There's so many things to deal with. I mean, there's so much legality issues yeah. to, to finally end the, the marriage. Mm -hmm. And then there's also your emotions to deal with. And there's all these other things to consider, such as if, if you're changing homes, yeah. are your children changing schools? Tell us a little bit about that. Like, how did you navigate that time? And you had not met your husband yet at this point? Now, well, when I was still in the uh, matrimonial home, when I met my husband and my husband was also still in his, like okay. current husband. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we, when we um, got together, we, we basically both had to decide, well, where are we going to live? Because we knew we didn't live far apart from each other. Like amazingly, like, I just love how there's divine intervention and everything, mm. but we didn't live far from each other, but we knew some kids are going to have to be uprooted. And, you know, there were several things that played into our decision. One of them is just my career. I'm also a speech pathologist. And at the time I was on the road seeing clients and my home, um, actually we knew we didn't want to move into either one of our homes. We knew that we wanted to start fresh. We didn't want to go into any old ghost homes. Mm -hmm. So it was, where are we going to find a home? Which neighborhood are we going to look in? And my neighborhood won. And it only won because part of the reason was uh, we were very close to um, the highway and I needed that access. Um, the other reason is my husband had a very, a very public and traumatic 
um, divorce. And mm -hmm. we just felt it would be really uncomfortable for me to be living in that neighborhood. And it might be as hard as it was for the kids to be moving out mm -hmm. of their neighborhood. A fresh start might be better for them where they didn't have so much history of, of lots of people knowing lots of the stories. So, mm -hmm. so, but it was a big transition. It, I think I was happy that it was a new home for everybody. It wasn't like, this is my home and you're moving into my room. It, it was brand new for everybody. And, and we were starting from scratch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that is, um, you're starting this whole new journey together as a family of seven yes. and having that fresh start in your own dwelling yeah. really sets you up, right? As that new family that you yeah. have now created. Exactly. Now, you, you talked a little bit about some of the challenges that um, you faced as you were going through the divorce. Mm -hmm. What were some unexpected challenges that you faced? Um, I mean, there were so many. I, I, I think that unexpected was how hard it would be to continue maintaining um stability for my kids mm -hmm. that i really felt out of sorts with myself and there were many days where i just would have preferred to call in sick stay in bed uh, do my own thing and life just kept going and and i think that's that was sort of a blessing and a curse right i i had to just keep had to just keep going and wanted to keep everything as stable and secure for for my kids as possible. Mm -hmm. So I and I mean, it may seem like, well, obviously, why was that a surprise? It's just it was hard to do. Mm -hmm. it, it's hard to um, it's hard enough when you have young kids to be doing all the things, but then to be doing those things while you're going through such a tremendous transition and you're dealing with like I was dealing with feelings of, you know, self-worth and lack of confidence. And, and for me, there was a lot of shame and guilt and um just this idea of i i don't think anybody sets out to think that they're going to get a divorce but it had never crossed my mind it wasn't something i had ever um been exposed to i think in my mind like it was going to destroy my family it's going to destroy my children they're going to be impacted for life like i had a lot of i guess a lot of preconceived ideas yeah. and you know now my kids are all much older and I would love to say they're perfect, but they're not. <laughs> I don't even know if I want to say they're perfect. Um, but I will say that are there things that they've carried over from the divorce? A hundred percent. Absolutely. And, and we talk quite openly about some of the, the experiences that they have now that are probably left over from some divorce trauma. But at the same time, you know, all kids have challenges. All kids have things, you know, in a sense, we can just put our finger sometimes on on certain ones that, yeah, it makes sense because you had this experience in a very young age in your life that you'd be feeling this way. Um, and then I also wonder, like, well, is it any better had uh, had, you know, I stayed married to their dad and they would have been in a different environment with maybe not you know, the model that my husband and I have of like, we're, we're just so happily married mm -hmm. and we just, we love each other. And I feel like even though they, my kids had to go through this divorce stage, 
they also had like a huge blessing of the family that they have now that they would never have had. Mm-hmm. It, it definitely opened up a new chapter for you. And I love how you brought up these preconceived notions. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot, well, I know a lot of moms have these preconceived notions around mm-hmm. divorce and how um, it's just easier Mm-hmm. to stay in the marriage because mm-hmm. then I won't have to deal with my kids suffering yes. through it I won't have to deal with family members yep. questioning me and I won't have to be dealing with friends who are in their married situations and for me talking about it right and I think that those preconceived notions are very real right they Mm -hmm. make sense yeah yeah and what I loved is that you said that even though you have these preconceived notions you have these unexpected challenges Mm -hmm. you endured them but you came out on the other side. That's right. And in fact, your kids gained so much. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And that I think is one of the reasons I'm so passionate about resilience because mm-hmm. that's exactly what the definition is. Like, yeah, it's tough. It, it's really tough. And I don't ever want to, you know, what is the right choice for somebody staying married, getting divorced? It, I think it's a very, very personal decision. And in many ways, there's no right choice. There's no wrong choice. It's really very different for each person. But I can say that in either case, Mm -hmm. um, coming through it with resilience and what can you take from it? How can you grow from it? How can you learn from it? Um, I think that that is for me that I, I remember going through my divorce and just at a really rough stage and thinking to myself, if I knew for sure in five years, I would be quote unquote happy again, what would I be doing differently? Mm. And, and then I sat down and I really made a list of what I would be doing differently. And I, it was, I'd be leading a much more joyful life. Now I would be really focused on these boys and what we can do. And I can say that as hard as that time was, I look back um, on my years of being a single mom as some of the most precious time I have ever had with my boys. And when I was moving out of my house, my husband, who this will tell you how awesome he is, he gave me a little locket and he gave me the locket and he said, I know that this is a new chapter, but I know that the chapter that you just had of being a single mom with your boys is so precious. And in the locket, you can put pictures of your boys and it will always remind you of the special time that you had together. And I love that he recognized, like I was thrilled to be getting remarried. Yeah. And, but I love that he recognized within like some of the craziest times of my life, I had made incredible memories with these two boys. Like it was the three of us. Like we just, I traveled with them. I, I did things that I never thought I would be able to do with them. I, I took them to Disney World by myself for a week. Oh, okay, that's <laughs> and, and I remember, I remember yeah. thinking, I am crazy, but I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. And it's the resilience that that I can look back on so many things over the years. I'm like, if I could take two little boys by myself to Disney World, I can do this. 
That is so empowering. I find that a lot of single moms, when I speak to them, they, they really find themselves and their own power. Mm-hmm. And they realize that there are tasks they never thought they would do, but they're doing. Yes. And, and it's this, I can do this. It's totally. Yeah, I can, I can do this. It, this is hard and I can do it. I can yes. do it. And I, I love that you are so passionate about resilience because it shows through your story and what you teach. And what do you suggest parents do to help their kids be resilient after divorce? Do you have any actionable steps? I think um, allowing them to feel whatever they want to feel and not uh, correcting that, no, they shouldn't feel sad or they should feel grateful or they should feel. I remember having a conversation with my stepdaughter and um, she was, we had been, she was a teenager Mm -hmm. and she, there was an incident that had happened. She was really, really emotional about it. And I said to her, I I love you, but I 100% understand that at this moment, you really wish your parents were still together and that's okay. You, you can feel that way. It doesn't take away from my love for you or your love for me as our stepmom, stepdaughter relationship. Um, but it's hard. And, and this is at least, I want to say it was probably like at least eight years after her parents had divorced and these feelings, I could see them coming up and I could see she was scared of letting them out because you know, she, she did love our family. She loved being a part of our blended family, but there was a part of her that was really still grieving the loss of her parents. So Mm -hmm. I think one of the most important things you can do for your kids is allow them to feel that loss. Like they Mm -hmm. wish their parents had been together, a part of them at least. Mm -hmm. So allowing them to feel that, I think that's the number one way to build resilience is to just let yourself be authentically in whatever feeling you're in at the moment. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I often find with, um, I'm not sure how old your stepdaughter was when she went through this particular circumstance, but I find with younger kids, when they're trying to express these emotions, it comes out in ways that we may um, be accustomed to not seeing as expressive, mm-hmm. right? So yes. meltdowns, tantrums, etc. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And one, <laughs> we've always been taught um, as parents, as teachers, to ignore these meltdowns and these mm-hmm. tantrums. And um, I, <laughs> I find that very dis- disturbing disturbing because I feel like that is when they need that connection. So Mm -hmm. I think when you're coming through something that is a loss like this, like a divorce, it is okay to feel this loss and your kids may act in a different way. That's right. Yeah. And all they want is that connection Mm -hmm. and that acknowledgement that Mm -hmm. you provided for your, for your stepdaughter. And I think it's also the permission for them to um, feel however they feel. We used to always sort of say to each other, my husband and I, we were able to kind of move on and, and leave parts of our life behind. Our kids still carry both sides. Mm-hmm. They're going back and forth. 
they're still in these different worlds. And I think that giving them permission to love both their worlds, to live freely in both. And that that can be really, really challenging when you have very different households. Um, I know that, you know, for we had with one side, like very, very hostile. And it made it really hard for the kids because I think they they felt that they couldn't be one way here and they couldn't be one way. And there was always comparison and there was always, um, they just felt lost and they weren't anchored anymore. And I think what what helps is allowing them to be loved by everybody and to love everybody. If there are step parents, like I think one of the biggest gifts and, and to be honest, I do think it's it's a bigger struggle with biological moms and stepmoms, biological dads and stepdads. I feel like they've got it figured out a little bit more. I think that women, we tend to have, but I think the biggest gift as a biological mom that you can give your children is confidence in yourself as your, as your own mother and permission to your kids to freely love another woman role model, step model, who's ever in their life to love them because our kids are constantly looking for that permission. And if they're checking and they're like, mom doesn't seem okay with it, that carries over into the other family. And then they don't feel good in either family. Mm -hmm. And that I think was such a, it was a hard thing for, for some of our kids to experience. They didn't have their permission and they struggled with it. Mm -hmm. That, that is a huge struggle because they feel like they cannot offer their authentic love to yes. somebody else. It's almost like a betrayal it's, of one oh, parent. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Right. And it's, it's like this feeling of I've let, I've betrayed, yes. I've done yes. something completely wrong. And what would you say to, to, to a child who feels that way? Um, and it's it's such a real problem. I think that mm. a lot of kids have to go through this. I I always just likened it to my kids. You know, there are many, many, many people that you can love. There's so much room in your heart. There's not a shortage of it. And it really does come from that scarcity mindset, right? Like there's there's only enough love to go around. So I think it's really letting the child know, I get it. I get that you are struggling with this if you if you're the one who can give the permission you give the permission and if you're the one who is is sort of the the one that if they're nice to you you're going to be seen as betraying i think you have to offer to them that you understand that as well and that that it does require like a little bit of sucking it up and saying i know i know that you're feeling this way i don't want you to feel this way you need mm -hmm. to do what is comfortable for you just it's all about that acceptance piece and it's hard like i'm talking about it as if like oh this is how i, I mean no i mean i messed up so many ways and i i do try now to give myself a lot more grace and self-compassion because i you know there's so many things i just we were winging it and mm -hmm. just like being a parent you're winging it i think as a step parent it's just a much more public winging it because you have somebody else who can scrutinize and make comments and get feedback and and other people who feel like they can give feedback because you're not the real parent and 
and I know I, I totally messed up, but the, you know, I was doing it from a place of, of love and good intentions, but along the way you are going to make mistakes and I'll continue to make mistakes. I mean, I, you know, everywhere. Yes. And, and, and what, what, uh, what steps would you suggest parents take during or after the divorce to help their kids because you can talk to your kids and you could try to make things very smooth for them and amicable and but are there any extra steps that parents could take to make sure that their kids continue to process and eventually thrive I definitely think if you can get some external support, if you can get some um, somebody who has a little bit more objectivity. So while it's great to have extended family, sometimes there's hurt in extended family, you know, grandparents and aunts and uncles, they're hurt as well because of the divorce. So I know I took my kids to see some, you know, we had some like play therapy, some counseling kind of thing when they were really struggling with it. Um, talking to their teachers is another, I think, teachers can be an amazing ally um, like you were saying that often kids will have meltdowns or act out or and I know that that happened with my boys and once I shared with the teachers um, the teachers had a better understanding of what was going on uh, the other thing I do think I know we want to be private about it but it was really helpful for me to be open with the parents of my kids friends and let them know as well, because they could be supporters for my children as well. So I think it's really about building that network of people around you that can be hard to do because you are feeling so vulnerable. You're worried about people judging, you're worried about what people are gonna think. But I think it's so valuable for your kids to know that they do have a village that is there to support them and to love them. Mm -hmm. That is beautifully said. Um, and it really changes the script, doesn't it? Yeah. Because when we first started this conversation, we did talk about some of these um, setbacks that we have, right? And one of them is that we are going to be either disowned or, you know, yeah. um, feel like an outcast with our friends. But when we change that and realize that they can be, you use the word ally. Yeah. The yeah. word support. Yeah. When we use that type of language for ourselves, our kids will also be able to see these individuals in that way. Exactly. And yeah. they, in most cases, will show up in that way. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And I love even when you were saying about changing the language and changing, it is changing your own dialogue. You're responsible for yourself. And I remember reading early on that your kids will be okay, or they'll be okay to the level of okay that you are. Yeah. And that if you are taking care of yourself and being like that model for them, like, this is hard. I do have feelings, but we're going to be okay. Your kids will follow that lead. And I think that if, if you're struggling yourself, one of my motivations was I want to be that model for my kids. Not only do I want to go on, I don't want divorce, divorce defining my life. It's going to be a blip in my life, but it's not the end of the story. I don't want my life just pre-divorce and then post-divorce, it sucked. I, it's like, it's a moment 
And then I moved on and created something else. And I wanted that for my kids too. And I wanted them to see that, that yeah, guys, this is part of your history. This will mm -hmm. always be part of your history, but what else? And it's not going to define you. It, it defines sort of what our family is. We, we've, mm -hmm. we created an identity around being a blended family. In fact, we have, we have three last names and, um, the initials are CDF. So we're referred to by so many people as a CDF family. And one of my girlfriends, she just made me this gorgeous um, mat for our front door. And it says the CDF family. Aww. It created this identity. And I wanted my kids to have that. But I knew that it had to start with me getting okay with myself and doing the work with myself, and then making sure my kids had the same support. And then let's just move forward together one step at a time. That is beautiful. I love that you have had you have this identity that, that you created because it is it's a beautiful new family unit system and you've now been married to your to your husband yeah, for 14 years 14 years in June yeah and these kids are growing up and so I have two questions there's so much I want to cover so the first thing I want to ask you is what were some of the scenarios that were challenging in the school system mm -hmm. and the second thing I want to talk a little bit about the fact that your son is getting married next month <laughs> and how are you navigating all that with parents and all that? So two yeah. part question. Yeah. So the first part question, one of the biggest challenges, and I, I, I've shared with this with you before, is that, you know, we are very open to diversity and inclusion. And I know as my kids were growing up, there was, you know, we wanted to make sure that all families felt included, two moms, two dads. And it was interesting, I rarely had um, the blended family was included as one of those families to look out for. So for example, if there were tickets to a school concert, there would be like, well, there's two tickets available for the family, which mm -hmm. really made it very hard for kids in blended families when they needed three or four tickets even. So I often would just email the principal and you know most of the principals and most of the teachers were accommodating, but I think it is something that, that maybe hopefully the system's a little bit better now because this is going back a few years but even like recently in high school we had the same the same things I always had to request the extra so I think that sensitivity um sensitivity around parent teacher interviews and and all that like showing up at the interviews and teachers being like who do I talk to who can I not talk to so so it was um it was always a bit different and then the the wedding yes we actually our, we have this is our third kid who's actually getting married. We have young, young kids getting married. We we joke our other two are like, don't worry, we're never getting married. So they're gonna even <laughs> it out. But we had to one one did it sort of a um a virtual elopement, so that wasn't an issue. Um, but yeah, the first one who got married, it was it was challenging. We just basically had to suck it up and just smile. Um, this particular son who's getting married. Uh, the girl he's marrying is also from um, a divorced family, so she has multiple. So they're super sensitive, um, and they're just trying to respect. There's four families that they're dealing with. Mm -hmm. um, I think it does. I, I think it's on the parents to really mm -hmm. figure out how to deal with it. I know that when my stepson got married, um, 
it wasn't super i think maybe we would have had preferences of how things oh do this this way or do that this way but it was their wedding they get to decide how they want to do it um i think he tried to be sensitive but at the same time it's not really their job to constantly be yeah. navigating and and making sure that everybody feels okay um but it is something that for their own comfort, I think they sometimes, like I know my son right now, he's just like, everybody's just sitting separately. Like, I'm not going to try to have a parent table and a grandparent table. And that's just how he's navigated these things. So. What you said is it's up to the parents to figure it out, right? <laughs> which is, which is really, um, you know, that, that, it, that's so true because they will get married the way they want to get married yep. without having the thought that I need to accommodate this person and this person. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. that is probably one of the experiences that you've had. I'm sure there's been multiple. Oh, there's tons, graduations, birthdays, Mother's Day. Yeah, they're all challenging. We just sort of roll with it. And some years it goes well, some years it doesn't go well. I think as, as time mm -hmm. goes on, we put less of an emphasis on it and I, I just let sort of the kids guide now that they're all older I let them guide mm -hmm. um I think it does help when you're on the same page with your partner like I know that my husband and I were always like we are supportive of each other it it would have been really challenging I think if if you know he was sort of catering to one side I was catering to another side I think that would have made it even more challenging we mm -hmm. just decided together what is the vision for our family and our decisions are going to be guided by that vision and maybe other people won't agree. And that's okay. They don't need to agree because this is our unit. This is a CDF family. This is what we do as a family here and, and creating that identity for our kids like that. I can't even imagine how you navigated life with five teenagers in the house. <laughs> a lot of food, a lot of mess, a lot of, well, and they come home. They're all, they're all coming home. They spend it like at Christmas and, but it's fun. Oh my gosh. It's so fun. It's so fun. Having I'm sure. I, I was just going to ask you now that they're all grown up, what are you most proud of? Share some of the wins with us. I am most proud of their relationship together. I love, love, love seeing them together. We're actually doing a big family trip um, end of May. And one of the, it's to celebrate my birthday. And one of the things that I am so excited to see is just how they interact with each other. They have so much fun. They just enjoy each other's company and they are true family. And that I think is like, that's my greatest joy, right? To know that um, I have a son who's traveling right now. He's in Thailand right now. And sometimes I'll say to one of my sons, my other sons, oh, did you know that he's doing blah, blah, blah. And they'll be saying like, oh yeah, yeah. You know, we're chatting. And I'm just Aww. like, I love that you're reaching out to like your younger brother or your older brother. So it's their relationship. That's what makes me the most proud. And my husband and I are together and thriving and love each other because second marriages it's rough. I think the divorce rate is higher for second marriages than it is for first marriages. So I am super proud of that. And I, I adore him. So super thrilled, super thrilled to hear that. <laughs> You've shared so much and we could probably just talk for hours and hours and hours. 
I, I love, I love, I love your story. I love the passion that you share. And, and I feel that, you know, you're, you're, you're into personal development. I, I feel that that also plays a part in how you navigate your, your family relationship as well, because you've evolved so much as a person. And when everybody's growing, then you're able to help everybody thrive in the family environment. So yes. what advice would you give to any mom right now who's either going through a divorce or who has just who's navigating life after divorce yeah uh the number one thing and it sounds a little bit cliche but is to take care of yourself and mm -hmm. learn how to grow yourself um it is not selfish to be investing in your own improvement your own care um, your kids will thrive when you are thriving so that to me is the number one thing connect with other women connect with other women going through similar challenges reach out get get support counseling coaching like find a network a support group um, don't be afraid to ask for help because we all need it. And, uh, but look out for yourself and offer yourself the most grace and self-compassion because it's hard, but you're doing it. So just keep going. Mm -hmm. Acknowledging that it's hard yeah. and you can do it. Exactly. Right? exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You've shared so many wonderful golden nuggets here with us today. And I'm sure there's many of our listeners that would want to connect with you. How can they find you? They can find me. I'm on Instagram and Facebook at Leah Davidson Life Coaching. And my website is leahdavidsonlifecoaching.com. And then my podcast, as we said earlier, is Building Resilience. So you know, I would love to connect with anybody and definitely I'd love to be your cheerleader for whatever you're going through, because I know you can go through it. You, you can do it and you can come out on the other side, even stronger. Oh, I love that. And your podcast is so brilliant. It's so brilliant. I love having you on today, Leah. We had such a great conversation. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. And I know that this episode will help so many women who are going through divorce or who knows somebody who yes. has is going through divorce so please if you're listening share this episode with somebody you know who could use it and we will be back again next week take care bye thank you for joining us on the i am mom parenting journey if you enjoyed today's episode, please follow us and head on over to iTunes to leave us a review. We invite you to check out the show notes for this episode and click on the link to join our free Facebook community to stay connected and continue the conversation with other like-minded moms. Until next time, stay inspired, take action, and create magic.